The One Voice DSM podcast shares the story of major projects and initiatives shaping our region and highlights the key players and the Greater Des Moines Partnership investors who are making them happen. Each episode, you'll learn about a game-changing project and hear an in-depth conversation with community leaders who are helping drive it forward with one voice and one mission as one region. Let's listen to the interview. Welcome to the One Voice DSM podcast. My name is Tiffany Tauschek, and I'm the Chief Operations Officer here at the Greater Des Moines Partnership. Today's recording is part of our special major project series, where we're exploring a number of game-changing projects that are in the works in our community. I am pleased today to be joined by Catherine Kuhnert, who is Vice President of Economic Connections and Integration at Mid-American Energy Company. And she's also Vice Chair of the Central Iowa Water Trails Board of Directors. Also joining me today is Hannah Enman, CEO of the Great Outdoors Foundation. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes, excited to be here with you, Tiffany. And Hannah. <laughs> you bet. So as our listeners may know, the Central Iowa Water Trails Project encompasses 150 miles of water trails across 86 sites throughout the region. This project is going to revitalize our riverfronts, enhance a world-class recreational amenity, and help us attract and retain talent, help us attract visitors, and much more. This has been called one of the most transformational quality of life projects of our generation in Central Iowa. So again, very excited to have with us today, Hannah Inman and Catherine Kuhnert to bring us up to speed on the latest related to all things water trails. So first off, Hannah, can you please give us an update? What's the latest with the project over, over the last few months? I know there's been a lot of progress being made. What can you share? Yeah, so a lot of things have been happening this past year and we're pretty excited about some of the things that are gonna become public here shortly. First of all, we've been going through um, a huge branding process, really working with all community members within Central Iowa to identify a name and a brand that really matches the transformational uh, nature of this project. So we're excited. We're going to be launching that this summer. In addition, with the launch of the new brand, we have the new long-term governance structure that will be taking place in July. If you'll remember, the incubator was really just to get this project started, but we really wanted the governance structure to match the community that will be inheriting this project. So that happens in July as well. And then I'm very excited to announce that for fundraising, we're just under 25 million with $24.2 million raised of our $33.5 million goal. And that really speaks to the community support and excitement of this project. And I think the biggest thing that's gonna happen this year is at the end of 2021, we will see some of the larger projects downtown start construction. So with Prospect Park, Birdland Marina, Scott Avenue, and then Harriet, that construction starts at the end of this year. Congratulations, that is so exciting to be at nearly 25 million and even uh, yes. raising raising great funds and, and these commitments during a pandemic even. So congratulations. Thank you. I think it speaks to the regional nature of this project. I think there's just so many communities that are really excited and um, can't wait to see this project become reality. You bet. And as, as we know, the private sector support is a key piece of this. Uh, but Catherine, as you know, really it comes down to public-private partnerships. And this project is a perfect example of that. Can you share with us just a little bit more about the importance and relevance of 
public-private partnerships and getting this project off the ground. Yeah, absolutely, um, Tiffany. And this region has an amazing history and uh, roadmap of how we have done that time and time again. The private and the public's come together to be transformational, as you noted, to make sure that we have that place to live uh, that does all of the things that you mentioned. There are some very strategic priorities uh, that this water trails project is going to bring to the entire region and beyond. And that cannot be done alone. You need to bring all of the resources together that both of the private and public uh, come together. As, as Hannah mentioned, you know, it, it is a very expensive undertaking and you can't individually uh, put that on the backs of any one entity. Uh, so it takes that collaboration and that coordination. And that's what we've done. And just by some of the things that Hannah showed you, we've had the cities step up. They've already got some of the projects underway. They are figuring out how to uh, transform their community to embrace this project. Uh, then you have the private uh, support coming in, not only financially, uh, but with time and talent. And that takes, that's just as invaluable of a resource uh, to pull these projects uh, off. So when you put that perfect formula together and you have everybody participating and, and stepping in and, and leaning in to these types of projects, again, uh, this area, this region uh, really does show how to get it done by coming together. I, I remember when the first access site opened in Johnston in 2019, we had multiple business leaders who were in their professional business attire, in their suits, um, who were able to and happy to jump into kayaks and um, and paddle through the water. One of those images that sticks in my mind in particular was Dan Houston, uh, president, CEO, chairman of, of Principal, in the water, business suit on, and paddling against the current. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you are most excited to do with and interact with the project. What, what are you most excited about with Central Iowa Water Trails Project completion coming up? I think for me, um, I'm excited for the zip line to go across uh, the river and see the skyline of Des Moines. I love zip lines, so I'm very excited. It also gives you street cred with your younger children if you can do a zip line like that. Um, and, and being able to take my kids and my nieces and nephews and those that visit into such an ex exciting experience um, right in our own backyard, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then also just being able to have all these additional fishing spots that our family loves to go fishing. And so to be able to be within 10, 15 minutes of additional fishing spots, I think is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I, I like the fact that each of the locations is going to be a little bit unique. Uh, so I think that's fun. Uh, personally, I, I love to swim. I've been a swimmer my whole entire life. So I'm excited maybe to expand on being just a swimmer and, and try the kayaking uh, piece of it. Um, that's something that interests me. Um, but I think the bigger picture is, is that we're also addressing uh, some of the water issues that we have and to have these projects be able to help address that and take us to that next level uh, around our water and it's so important, right? And I think it's so exciting that through this project, we're able to address that and allow people to take true advantage of uh, amenities that are unique uh, to our space. 
Anna, anything you'd like to touch on as it relates to water quality? You know, I've been working on water quality um, issues within Iowa for about 15 years. And I would say that I am uh, the most excited about some of the collaboration and partnerships than I've ever have been. For the first time um, in my 15 years, I'm, we're having great conversations with some of our upstream and downstream partners uh, within the agricultural community and actually making some really concrete uh, advancements and collaborations. So, for example, um, we're working with um, a few different partners and putting uh, 200 more saturated buffers within our watershed, uh, working with individual farmers. Right now, there's 200 within the entire state. So, to be able to put 200 more just within um, our watershed moving upstream, that's really exciting. And those relationships that we're building have been uh, really informative, enlightening, and fun. It's been fun to work with some of our partners to um, find some great collaborations to move the needle forward. There's no shortage of people or resources working on water quality, but for the first time, we're doing collaborations together. And so the investment in Central Iowa Water Trails has been used as an in-kind match to leverage an additional $20 million of private land water quality practices within our watershed. Um, those are things that I didn't think possible three, four years ago, and we're actually making it happen. So we have a lot of things that will be um, kicking off here in the next year, uh, working with Iowa Soybean and some others um, that we can't wait to tell everybody about. But the conversation has been fun. And I think the best part of this is we have a whole new group of friends that are just as interested in water recreation as we are and just as passionate. And so we're hoping to get a float trip together too for some of, with some of our partners upstream. You know, economist James Chung has pointed to in the past, part of what helped our community, Des Moines specifically outperform our peers and move forward was because we did remain focused on the future. We did radically collaborate and coordinate to, to drive things forward. And that's exactly what everyone is doing with the Central Iowa Water Trails project right now. And we know and understand that the pandemic has showed us and really underscored the importance of connecting with nature, getting outdoors. How do you think this project is, um, is helping as a recruitment tool and retention tool from an outdoor recreation standpoint? Well, I think we've known for a while, Tiffany, that um, individuals now are being kind of choosing first where they want to live uh, and all of the amenities and the things that a place brings to their quality of life. And so we are competing not only uh, in the Midwest or we're nationally, we're competing globally. And so we have to be able to compete. And one of the ways that you compete is by having that amazing uh, place uh, to live and as well as to work, right? And so when you're competing for talent and that's what we're doing and we have to fill that talent pipeline uh, because we're growing uh, here in the central Iowa area, we have to have that ability to compete. These projects help us compete. That is why one of the strategic priorities of this project is economic development and workforce. And so I think it does that because it allows for us to raise not only 
who we are through this type of things, but also capitalize on what we know we already have. As, as you both know, uh, we at the partnership are big believers that no one's going to tell our story for us, right? As a region, no one's going to tell the story for us. We as a region must be collaborating to lift up and, and tell this collective story. And as you both know, uh, Greater Des Moines was recently recognized by City Revive in an article that was titled, Des Moines ramps up sporting life with a mecca of ultimate complexes. And no surprise, Central Iowa Water Trails was listed and mentioned in this article as one of those new developments and, and projects to watch. So recognition like this really does show us uh, the importance, again, the relevance of this project in being transformative for our community. Uh, can you just share with us what what you think when you heard and saw about yet one more story lifting up and celebrating Central Iowa Water Trails? Well, I think it's really important. Um, I feel like with uh, some of the newer generations coming up, outdoor recreation is a centerpiece of not only their lives, but their identity. And um, my dream is to have people uh, just as soon as they move to Des Moines, buy a paddleboard or a kayak and much like they do with bikes right now. So we were pretty excited to see that and to have that story resonate. I feel it changes the way that we not only view ourselves as Central Iowans, but how others view uh, Central Iowa and what they can do here. So we were pretty excited to see that mentioned again. And um, also just the story that it's starting to tell about who we are as uh, Central Iowans. Catherine, anything to add? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, we're, we, we are a hidden gem to some, but if you are here or if you know anybody who lives here, if you've ever visited, uh, you get it pretty quickly. So like you said, it helps to get that recognition. We've done a lot of things to, to put ourselves on the map, whether it's from, you know, hosting the NCAA tur uh, tournaments, right? Or if it is along the way with the uh, Port Congress that we have. We hit all aspects of, of ways for people to get to know Iowa and engage with us. And so it's just another great way, as you said, for people to understand the value and the benefits of being here in central Iowa. And you've both kind of touched on it, but if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more information and detail about the Central Iowa Water Trails Board's commitment to making sure that this process has been inclusive. This, this project has been lifted up uh, multiple times and your leadership in particular lifted up multiple times because of your commitment to making this an inclusive process. Can you share just a little bit more about that? Because as we know, that is a key strategy that's, imp that's important, not only from a talent retention perspective, but talent recruitment as well. Definitely, because one of the things in the mindsets that we went into this with Tiffany was that it know, this project knows no boundaries, right? Uh, rivers know no boundaries. And that's why this is such an amazing project to be involved in, because it does. It is completely inclusive. All along the way, from Johnson to West Des Moines to Bondurant to Altoona to Ankeny, uh, and then the central core of it here in Des Moines, it's going to be accessible to all. There's going to be uh, programming for all to benefit from. It's going to raise up neighborhoods. It's going to beautify. It's going to uh, address some of the issues that we know we've had to face. 
And so the fact that it does all of this and then everybody's voice is being heard. We've been very intentional with our outreach. We've been very intentional to make we have all of the voices from arts and culture and heritage to the fishing groups to others who already have access to our community partners and leaders. We are making sure that they're at the table. They're part of the board. And so I think it's really important that people understand that. And that's going to be ongoing. Uh, that, that's just getting us started. Uh, and so as this, as more continues to evolve and these projects start to take off, there's going to only be more room for that inclusiveness and that diversity uh, to be uh, embraced uh, through these programmings. From the very beginning, uh, inclusion has been uh, a hallmark of this project and very intentional. Even when the engineering study started, reaching out to local neighborhood groups, uh, local organizations to understand what each community and user group wanted within their backyard. Certainly, we focused and we see a lot of the exciting things with the surfing and the, the whitewater rafting and kayaking. But there's another level of usage, and that's, you know, whether it's just creek walking in your own backyard or also being able to fish and having ADA accessible fishing. We really worked with local communities to understand what they wanted in their own backyard and what they were missing. And then when we formed the gov or the uh, incubator, we also had an inclusion committee. And what that inclusion committee did was it was really a gut check and a ground truth for us. Anything that came through went through that inclusion committee and we've started to form a lot of toolkits to make sure that we're doing things correctly and right. So, for example, we have recommendations on bathrooms and uh, ADA accessibility and even language down to safety. Um, so, we've really gone above and beyond to try to bring those voices at the table from the beginning so it's baked in. And then when we went through our marketing process, we realized that maybe we were missing some key voices. We wanted people to feel like they owned this. So we took a pause and did a lot of intentional outreach to a lot of different community groups. And what arose from that was a slight change in direction, but more importantly, it gave us a roadmap and additional contacts to make sure as we move forward, these communities and these lenses are at the table for every decision that we're making. Uh, the most recent uh, example of that is we're going through what we're calling our shoreline signals. It's to communicate safety under the lens of art. And um, so we've worked with a lot of different communities and our inclusion committee is the one that's really the heartbeat of that, helping us shape to make sure that everyone's at the table and is really not only, you know, uh, represented, but is excited and feels ownership of this project. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. And uh, as someone who had the opportunity to witness, uh, again, both of you and your leadership throughout this, this entire process, uh, thank you, because you certainly have been modeling the way for other organizations and other projects that have, have been also working to, you know, move forward and, and drive some momentum for, for our community and region as a whole. So uh, great, great job. And, you know, another, another just point, and again, Catherine's kind of touched on this already with economic development, economic inclusion, that Central Iowa Water Trails is one of several major projects that are in the works right now throughout the region. And that impacts 
all of the surrounding area. Um, some of some of those examples, in addition to Central Iowa Water Trails, obviously the Lauritsen Skate Park, largest skate park in the entire country, located in downtown DSM. We have the, the proposed pro-Iowa soccer stadium, Global Plaza. We have a lot of effort and work being put on the uh, Des Moines Airport, the International um, Airport Terminal Project, and, and many other projects. Um, how do you think that these sorts of projects are going to help us as we continue to move forward through recovery phase and long-term for, for our community? I do believe that these sorts of projects, you know, it's sort of putting a lot of opportunities out there. So depending on what your interests are, depending on what matters to you, there's a lot for everybody. And you can't just have one and done. You have to have many tools in your toolbox, uh, we like to say, in the economic development world. And I believe that's what we're doing here is we're shaping uh, the entire space uh, so that there's something for all. That's that inclusiveness a piece, which is so real. It's, it's in our DNA here in, in, in the metro area. And I also think by having this, it, it boosts up uh, our communities in the suburbs as well, right? They can either add on to the amenities that are within the metro area or they can also say, you know, come live in Altoona uh, and you're only 15 minutes away. Uh, so you have the amenities of a smaller town uh, and they get to grow and, and take advantage of some of the amenities then that are in within the city of Des Moines. So it truly, again, shows that we are a region uh, and that the amenities of West Des Moines also benefit the, the, the citizens of Ankeny. And what's happening in Pleasant Hill helps, you know, the, the downtown uh, citizens because we get to all take advantage of the investments that we're making in our respective spaces. And I think it's really important because, quite honestly, we work better together than individually. And these sorts of projects show it. Again, it doubles down on the private-public partnership. It shows the importance of coming together as a region tearing down borders. Nobody knows when they cross into a different community in our space. Um, and so we have to remember that as we work together to continue to build for the future. Again, we are competing and we have to have the tools to compete. And these are the sorts of things that are included in placemaking uh, that allow for us to compete. Yeah, I mean, when we were developing the business plan uh, to make this a long-term self-sustaining organization, we really um, focused in on tourism and those user experiences. And as Catherine said, when people come to our community, they don't necessarily know the borders uh, internally. But when someone usually comes to visit one of these uh, projects, they stay for three days. And so when you have the opportunity to go to a soccer game, to go to the skate park, to maybe you know do a natural adventure along the raccoon and then do something a little bit more exciting, uh, like surfing in downtown, it just adds to the experience and hopefully attracts more people and extends those stays. And really a hallmark of this has been that regional approach because they are staying for multiple days, whether they're coming to the recplex for a soccer game or a basketball or volleyball tournament, or if they want to go to Adventureland, they have this multitude of experiences to be able to stay here and visit our whole community. Um, and then additionally, when we're looking at uh, re attracting talent, 
being able to have something within a 15 minute drive is a huge selling point, especially when we're talking to people from the coast. So it may, you know, they may choose to make their home in Johnston or Bondurant, but to be able within 15 minutes to have any of these world-class experiences that are usually just in larger communities, uh, but have the backyard experience of what the central Iowa is, I think it's just a really special thing that we've been able to offer because of the collaboration of the region. And I would say too, just to add to that, it creates that connectivity uh, that we're so proud of. You know, Hannah touched on you're, you're only 15 minutes. And so, you know, if you are out in West Des Moines, you can quickly get to Adventureland and go back to the Mid-American Energy Recplex, right? Or you can shop at Jordan Creek or you can, um, you know, come into downtown and take advantage of, of another, uh, you know, the the skate park or what have you. So there are so many opportunities here because of the region of which we have and the connectivity that we all support. Well said. And uh, you both have touched on multiple times in this conversation, the importance of collaboration. And we are grateful to you for your, your ongoing demonstration leadership through collaboration. So thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Hannah, for your great work on this project, for your commitment, for your grit. Uh, we cannot wait to see this project continue to advance and take shape and transform our region. Thanks to our audience for joining us today for the One Voice DSM podcast. And thanks for everything that you do to drive growth in DSM USA. 